Welcome to Bonehead Weekly. This week's topic is because it's Father's Day, and since most of us here, I was going to make a really bad joke. I'm not going to <laughs> cut my blessings. Knock on wood. So, hey, how are you two? Are you um, gonna make a comment about how my dad's dead? I mean, not specifically, just you. I was gonna say, yeah, out of the three of us, only one of them, one of us has a father left. So. Only one of us has a father left, and only two of us know who our real father is. Oddly enough, none of these things correlate. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, know why, Joe, but my mother's dad, Joe's me dad, was, me, Joe's uh, dad was obviously the Kool Aid man. My dad was Ray Coots. My dad told me this several times. <laughs> well, the guy that raised me told me my dad was named Ray Coots. We thought it was the Kool Aid man because you keep that portrait behind you. Yeah, yeah, that's that sculpture. Him. I wish it was him or the, one of the M&M dudes. So what we're doing this week is because you look, guys love moms. You love moms so much you listen to our worst moms in movies and pop culture episode. It was one of our better ratings. So we thought for Father's Day, we'll talk about all the shitty dads that are out there. But before we get started, gentlemen, you know how I like to look at a list now. Yeah. There's the some fact dads. it was a Fortune 500 list for this episode didn't make any sense. It didn't but... make any sense. That's okay. But there's a couple of that. Well, there's one. And I thought, surely he's not going to be any on any of these lists. Surely someone's not stupid enough to put this person, this fictional character, on a list of bad dads. But I'll be damned if he don't show up on a few. Homer Simpson is not a bad dad. No. No. Chad's going back and forth. I no. not in any way, shape, or form think I actually, Homer is a bad oddly dad. Enough, Homer's flawed like every other human being, but Homer, at the end of the day, always wants to take care of his family and keep he just, his family he's a, together. He, he's know. sometimes incompetent in how he goes about he's, it. I said he's, he was flawed. He's, he's making it up dad. as he goes along. But actually, Joe, um, to your point, I want to agree with you because I, I rewatch The Simpsons whenever I'm working on stuff. You know, there are those people that need absolute quiet. I'm the opposite of that. I've got to have noise in the background. It's because I grew up in a house where it was never quiet. So silence gets to me over time. Yeah. Anyway, I watched Simpsons. Matter of fact, today I was working, sending emails, contacting people. And I was watching Simpsons. And I've got something that illustrates your point, Joe. It's the episode where they lose their house. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Ned, the neighbor, buys their house and rents it to them. And eventually, of course, Homer pushes too far. Which is why some people would argue he is a bad dad. He risks their house by aggravating Ned and making and not paying anything to Ned, not paying rent, and being an obnoxious tenant. However, when they when they get their house back, they're getting ready to walk inside, and it's kind of a closing sight gag type thing. He says, "Hold on, hold on, let me go in first. I left a little present upstairs for whoever bought our house." And of course, we all assume what he meant and then he runs up and there's a bouquet of flowers and a note that says please love our house as much as we did that is not somebody that's a terrible father or a terrible human being yeah and and one of those episodes and honestly like the simpsons never gets to me but still one of the episodes that gets to me is the episode of how maggie was born yeah that's a good one the other one is the first episode of all time i know he makes stupid mistakes and he tries to go get a santa job and then he ends up going to the track just because he's a very flawed person that's what he thinks will work and then he doesn't even take the bet that he's told to do and screws it up even worse but he still ends up with a dog 
Homer, at the end of the day, usually comes through with a family. Is he flawed? He, Does he choke he, Bart? Yes, but most of this is side gags. It's he's not well, bad. And there's he another great into, example. He broke Joe? into a museum for Lisa to show so she could see the yeah something Egyptian before exhibit. it left that yeah. display. Well, and actually, there's another great Lisa story where um, is this the sleep deprivation tank? Yeah, yeah. Well, what, no, no, no. Actually, that's another great one. There, but there's the one where she wants a pony so bad. And he gets a second job just to pay the stabling fees. Yeah. Yeah. And he's literally working himself to death to, to where he crashes a car at one point because he's so sleep deprived. And I think that's, I mean, I agree. He's he's a very flawed human being for an I will, anime character. I will say this. Every, every one of mine on my list is way worse than Homer Simpson. And Homer Simpson is not a bad dad. No, what the, and there's an entire gestalt of that, right? I mean, in animation, you have, because I'm sitting here thinking, and the Simpsons owe a lot to the Flintstones, and of course, Family Guy owes a lot to the Simpsons and the Flintstones, you know, right? There's that entire, but was Fred Flintstone a bad dad? No, I mean. Hold on. Here's another one that's on a couple of lists that should irk James a little bit. Red Foreman is not a bad dad. No. No, because my dad was Red Foreman. My dad was Red Foreman. I was told more than once that, you know, not, I mean, yeah, that the, the, I'll put a foot up you. I mean, not in those words all the time, Mm -hmm. but that was very much my father. But it was, it's weird to say, but it was always out of love, right? It was, I know you can do better than this. My dad also had such phrases, actually, my dad and my mother both had such phrases as, you know, they, if even if I said I'm stupid, my parents would be like, "No, you're not stupid, but you have made some stupid decisions." Right. And I that honestly, it was I was never um to be as pessimistic as I am. It didn't come from my parents because my dad would tell me all the time, "No, you messed up, son." But it was never your mess up. It's you made a poor decision. You're going to pay for it. You're going to deal with it. You're going to deal with the repercussions of it. But you you learned your lesson. Do better. Yeah. And so, um, no, I agree. Red Foreman's not a bad father. He is a product of his time and his experience. But he's not beating the kid. He's not, I don't know. I, I... No, no. He is, and at the same time, look at what he's working with. I mean, it's one of those things that, uh, I don't know when it's going to air, but uh, the Boneheads did record an episode that features my son. I don't know when it will come together or, or what have you. Probably but it's one of those but it's one of those things that I realized doing it. I'm like, my son can be an absolute punk. Well, yeah, he's your son. I love him. I love him. But there were times when I was like, I'm going to have to put him through the floor one day. I'm not going to. Don't send child protective service. Okay. But it is, you know, it's it's being a parent, being especially, I'll put it this way. And I don't know if you all will agree with me or not. But like About parenting? No. My. I saw your kid the other night. My wife, yeah, I, I agreed to let him do this show. I'm a terrible father. Uh, <laughs> um, but just make poor decisions. The, the 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 story that I sometimes tell people is my wife, Dana, became a mother as soon as she knew we were going to have children. I would argue actually she knew we were gonna have children when we got married. Like that was built into her plan. Yeah. But she was definitely already in mother mode as soon as she found out. For me, I knew I was going to be a dad. You know, 
that, oh, okay, my wife is pregnant. I will be a father. Mm -hmm. And then I remember when my first was born. Yeah. And it just hit me in the hospital. Oh, crap. Like, overwhelmingly happy. But at the same time, I have to be what my child is going to judge men by for quite some time. Right? I mean. Right. That's, Where's this going, James? That's a lot. Well, no. I, my point is. There you dads, go. Dads sometimes don't become dads until they hold their child. Dads. I, well, no. It's There's a line in Juno that I love where Jennifer, I, I, Ben Affleck's his wife, says. Jennifer to, Gardner. Jennifer Gardner says to uh, the guy from that one show of Valerie's family. Says to I know that's obscure. I could call Jason Bateman. I could have pulled plucked four thousand other things. Justine's brother, Cotton. Yeah, Justine's brother says to him. She, you know, I read an article because he's leaving as they're adopting. She's like, you know, men don't become dads till they moms become moms at pregnancy, and dads don't become dads till the child gets here. And I, I think I agree with you, James. I agree. Yeah. So I and and I think for some people that switch triggers differently. Right? And that we, we've highlighted that there's bad moms in pop culture and bad moms in reality. It's also true for dads. And, and so, let's get yeah. started. Chad, you go first. Um, a real quick side note, because I do want to say this. Have any in the history of us doing this now? I know, Joe, you look mostly online to get your list to get the engines running as to believe which or the wheels grease whatever you say um prime the pump but all right prime the pump sorry there you go loop the pump is what joe likes to say i am tired i like to put grease in my cavities but you know i like i said i usually come up with my list on my own you know just out of my own head yeah have any of you all in the i've done this twice i did it for this episode and i did it for one of our uh good month good movie monday segments that we do for glenn and ben have either one of you ever had one for your list and you're like, this is great. This is amazing. And then you never write it down and then you just forget it. Probably. Oh, yeah. I forget things all the time. I, th- I had my perfect choice of the worst dad and I held it for over a week. I was like, I've, I've got it. I've got it. And then when I finally sit down to start typing out my list, it went out of my head and I've never been able to retrieve it. And I'm still to this day pissed because I can't come up with it. So I'm going to go with my second pick uh, for my first pick. Uh, and that is Nigel Powers from Austin Powers Goldmember, played by if Michael Kane. If you have a daddy issue, here's a daddy here's tissue. tissue. Just a terrible father to, to every six, every possible way. He abandons his son after his after his wife is blown to smithereens. Yeah. Doesn't have any contact with him. Won't even show up to spy school graduation. Is that what I forget what it was called? Sure. I don't remember <laughs> what it's called either, but I was just laughing that it could be called spy school. It was it was spy school. That's what it was. I don't remember. It's been a long time since I've seen that. And then on top of that, he his other his twin son who he abandoned with the Dutch becomes the evil mastermind of, of, of the entire world. Dr. Evil. I swear I'm not being an asshole. I forgot that in the end of that, that they're actually twin brothers. Yep. It's been a long time since I've seen that, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. He is a terrible person. Honestly, it's my, it, I, it may be my favorite Austin Powers movie, by the way. Just, really? 
yeah, I enjoy the hell out of it. It's been a long uh, time. Um, but no, I I just when I came up with the one that I forgot, I'm like, oh, Nigel Powers is second. He is just a terrible human being, especially when it comes to raising raising kids. And he didn't raise them. He sent them off to school or to the Dutch. That's what you're <laughs> supposed to do. That's what you're supposed to do. So I thought I would start off with a bang. Well, I'll I, go before James. Go for it. And say, one of my favorite movies is about divorce. One of my favorite movies about divorce is Royal Tenenbaums. And Royal Tenenbaum is one of the worst fucking dads in cinema history. I uh, for completely forgot. But right? And, yeah. and, and the, the movie lets him off the hook a little bit. A little bit. A little bit in the third act. He does eventually get sick. But Royal Tenenbaum, played by Gene Hackman, who won a Golden Globe for it. I forgot about it until I was looking it up. Who won a Golden Globe is absolutely perfect as the shitty, shitty dad who just wants attention, who just doesn't want anything to change, who who just doesn't even really treat his kids as human beings or sees them as human beings. He's just awful. And then he gets sick and kind of does a little bit of a baby face, as they say in wrestling term, at the end of it. And it is one of my favorite movies. It's it's one of my favorite movies about divorce, but it lets him off the hook just a little, just yeah. a little. You're, you're absolutely right, though, because one of my favorite scenes, and I'm not a child of divorce. Is this um, him shooting them uh, with BB guns? No, no, there's a better scene than that, because, Joe, you're when, you're thinking physical pain. No, you're, is it about it could be about you all? Yeah, yeah, that is my favorite scene. We're not saying the divorce is cause of you all. But we, I can't do the exact line, but it's more or less, but we can't rule it out. Yeah. Like, they could be your fault that your mother and I are getting divorced. I'm like, that is a brutal mental takedown that is going to screw any child up for a long time. As evidence, I offer Joe. Yeah. (laughs) But that joke has been made to me by James and Chad for something really more James than Chad. No offense, James or Chad. I fuck you both. About, you know, you can't be sure that you're not the one that caused the divorce. I mean, and in truthfulness, I, they're not wrong. Now that I've had a kid, I kind of see where kids do kind of cause divorce. Especially oh, yeah. if you have some sort of barely held together marriage, throwing a baby or a toddler in it. Might as well just lay a stick of dynamite and light a match. I was actually going to say the same thing. It, you're, you're playing with a grenade. You're is it going just, to keep you together? Maybe if you need to switch off who's holding that down occasionally. I agree. Who's holding but it, it down. also? Boy, could, James, well, another good story about you and your wonderful parenting skills. Let I'm him on bonehead, held him down. <laughs> all right, who's your pick, James? I'm going to go with somebody that is all about family. And I know you're thinking, James, this is supposed to be about a terrible father. It is a terrible father. This is a father from a book series that has been made into a television show. But if you ask him as a character why he does everything, and it's even said in both the book and the show, he does everything for family, but he's not doing it for family members. He's doing it because he wants his family to always be elite. He doesn't care about the people in his family. He cares about his family's status. Mm-hmm. And that would be the great and terrible Tywin Lannister. Yeah. <laughs> I, he's I mean, on my list he's on my list i he wasn't going to be first because i thought maybe one of you all would grab him and you're oh, right 
Tywin Lannister in the book series is ten times worse than he is in the show, and in the show he's despicable. Mm-hmm. But in the book book series, the amount of times, and the story gets told in the book or in the show, but the details given in the book and how many times it's used against him about how his uh, Tyrion, how he, you know, quote unquote, paid this woman to pretend to want to be his wife and all that stuff and then the reveal later on is actually that he didn't pay her she really loved him but she uh, you know Ty- tywin had her dealt with because she didn't meet the status of the family and then yeah. told him the story so he wouldn't feel bad about it but it really killed the love of his son's life more or less mm-hmm. um it's i mean it's it's terrible it is absolutely terrible and and, and the fact that that is one of the better under quote-unquote stories that he disagreed with his son's choice so he framed her as being a prostitute and then you know so her, his son might feel as bad but that's the most love he has right and it's still because she didn't meet the family expectation that he wanted the lannister name to mean x y and if you didn't and, and even the way he treats Tyrion, actually the way he treats all of them Mm-hmm. I mean, Cersei is is terrible, but she is terrible because she was raised by Tywin. Yeah, or you know the inbreeding. No, well, I mean, nobody. She wasn't the product of inbreeding, <laughs> wasn't well, she? We don't her. know that for sure. But no, no, and like I said, if you read the books, he is. If you didn't, if you thought he was a bad guy in the show, the books, he is. His the way he is killed on the toilet in the books is. Phenomenal, and you're like, no, he deserved that. Chad, round two. So mine is a very small part uh, from a from a movie, but his sheer awfulness deserves a mention. He uh, doesn't actually have a name, but if you if you put your newborn child into a cage and don't feed it to where it eats a cat. And then when you've just had enough, you decide to throw it in a river or a creek. You got to bring up Penguin's father from Batman Returns, played by Paul Rubens. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what horror film he's talking about. <laughs> no, but you're right. I mean, no, I agree that because the mother and father and the that, cobble pods. Yeah. Yeah. They're in they it. Have for a name. What, yeah. But they're or in it for what? maybe five minutes five minutes if, if he that. references them they have they have i think they have a grand total of like three scenes yeah but it is absolutely yeah no those are terrible terrible that's a terrible father i mean yeah and you know when his son's born you know granted we don't see what he looks like but the, the all you hear him is walk into the room and there's a blood curdling scream and then they pay no him and the wife who's played by Diane Salinger um, don't even pay attention to him. They keep him locked up in this crib slash cage mm-hmm. where you can't see him. And all he can do is get one hand out to grab a cat and eat it alive. <laughs> and all they do is sit martinis. Don't even don't even pay attention to it. And then eventually they just dump him in a river to be raised by penguins, which, by the way, nobody I, I know as wacky as that movie is. No, they don't ever bother to mention the fact, how does a baby become a man being raised by penguins? Still baffles me to this day. Yeah. Compelling, though. 
but even penguins penguins birds that waddle who have no feet who will eat their own young are better parents than paul rubens and diane salinger yeah i'm great you bring up something interesting that it kind of bouncing off mine as well, but are these commentary on on social status? If your social status matters more, because the cobble pots are wealthy, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned they sip, and that's martinis. partially why that. Yeah, you're right. That's partially why because they were they were they didn't they didn't want to be status. shamed by they didn't want to be shamed by the upper echelon right. for their uh, as as somebody I used to go to school with used to constantly scream. For their freak baby, <laughs> we're gonna have a freak baby. Sorry, I don't. I can't even remember who I went to high school with, but you would just hear it scream down the hallway at lunch. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, they they look at their children as status symbols, not something to love and take care of mm, and yeah. raise. So yeah, I mean, isn't that part of it though? Being a dad, maybe I'm doing this wrong. Well, no, I mean I think there's something like I want my, my little children... bastard hasn't brought me any status at all. Well, but you want, but it's it's an interesting commentary, right? Because part of our job as parents is to make sure they can live in society, right? Well, actually, I would say our number one job is for them to be able to take care of themselves and live on their own without you eventually. Well, yeah, but I mean, to do that, they have to live in society. society right? yeah. Like if if they're if 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 you take your alleged son to a restaurant, <laughs> and you know, alleged. you don't. You don't teach him how to use a fork and he's 15 and just slamming his food head into the table to eat he's not going to be able to survive in society because the first time he applies for a job that a professional job where they may take him to lunch is probably going to be a, a deal killer how do you get one of them <laughs> uh, i don't know it comes and goes some of the people take you what not and done botch you the vittles oh dude if you if you're going for an upper level job joe They'll take you somewhere real nice, and they'll even carry their your tray for you. One of that McDonald's are better with the vittles and whatnot. But anyway, so I, I think that's one of the I, I never thought about it till you said that, and that, right after I said Taiwan, is is that one of the things where are villainous dads more likely to be elite status? Yes, or rednecks. Yeah, I mean, it seems to it's be one or the other in movies. It seems to be in pop culture, you're either going to be the elite, brilliant, you know, somehow upper echelon of something, or oh. you're going to be down here. Yeah, middle yeah. class dads seem to get a little bit of a break. Yeah, even and here's another one, and this isn't this isn't my pick. Well, I don't want to ruin a pick, but or and the only it's your, it's your pick anyway, so go. Well, the, I this isn't my pick, but or angry ex military. Yes. It's rednecks, upper echelon, or angry because I'm just thinking about American Beauty. Oh, well, I, that's an entire subgenre. I didn't think about it, but you could even go with uh, Ted's dad from Bill and Ted. Yep, same thing. Right? I mean, right. uh, if you don't do what I want you to do, you're going to the military academy because that's what's straightened me out. Right. Harley Army and the Texas Chainsaw. <laughs> that's a jacked up dad. Well, here <laughs> is my here is my pick, and it's from 2019's. And this none of you guys are going to guess this one. Is from Ad Astra, which actually I didn't realize until I was looking it up, was uh, To the Stars. <clears throat> Tommy Lee Jones is dead. Have either one, have you seen it, James? You're doing I have not, but I knew Ad Astra because it's used in Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. Chad, have you ever seen it? Yep. Did you like it? Because a lot I liked of people it. hate it. it. Was, I, liked I it. didn't hate it. I, I didn't hate it. it. Mm -hmm. 
a lot of people find it boring. Well, it's because, you know, Brad Pitt goes to space and finds Tommy Lee Jones. You don't fight off aliens or zombies or whatnot. And I get it. It's probably not the movie you're going to look for. So basically what it is, is Tommy Lee Jones plays a guy named Clifford McBride who leads a voyage into deep space uh, with a ship and the crew to to, uh, basically find extraterrestrial life. They, you know, listen and whatnot. And his son, who's also an astronaut and who is famous and fearless and what goes off to on this daring mission because they they think they hear them on the other side of Neptune to uncover what happened. And his dad's still there. And there's a mysterious power that threatens the stability of the universe. And that doesn't matter. The plot doesn't matter because Tommy Lee Jones is an awful dad in this movie. And I'm going to read what he does. he abandons his family abandons the earth does all this to go out brad pitt being the hero has a conversation with him in the third act of his dad played by tommy lee jones perfectly and that tommy lee looks at him and admits to his son that he really never cared about his family or earth or any of that and his mission into space was just so he can escape from life that he hated and to search for life among the stars because that's really what he always wanted to do and it's the only really thing he cared about was being the person who found life outside of Earth. It's a, I understand why people hate the movie. There was a couple of people like, how can you like that movie to me? And I get it, they're more, they're not film geeks like us. But it's just a gut punch. And he's awful. And all he cares about is his achievement and finding this out. And he just admits it. And he ends up killing himself and almost killing the universe still trying to do it. Couldn't care less about his son. Can you imagine going to Neptune to try to retrieve your dad? And him's like, yeah, I wish you just hadn't come. Well, what we got to talk about? It's been 30 years. What we got to talk about? Talk about those Nicks. Yes. And Tommy Lee, being a fantastic actor, plays him to perfection. So that's my pick. Chad or James. I get James. Is it me? I thought it was you. Oh, it's you. Oh, well, imagine my screen. I mean, what? Um, My pick. Go ahead. My pick is, again, I mentioned this movie before, but he's such a terrible dad, but it's played so well. By Dennis Quaid. The character of Lawrence Weatherhold in Smart People. If you haven't seen... I've never seen Smart People. Uh, Dude, it's not for everybody. But I saw it at what used to be the Dollar Theater. And it it just struck a chord with me because I, I... Maybe it's because we work in academe. We work on a college. And we know people that run the gamut that are represented in this film. Lawrence Weatherfield is a uh, Weatherhold, sorry. Weatherhold is an English professor who hates his students, who has alienated everybody in his life except for his uh high school and probably would alienate her except she has to live at home for Elliot yeah. uh, uh played by Elliot Page, her da- uh his daughter, and it's just so He's just, he doesn't care for anybody but himself. Well, yeah. Like, he is so self-centered. 
And what happens at the start of the movie is his car gets impounded by a disgruntled former student who he failed in his class and they won't let him into the garage to get it. Says, no, you have to wait 24 hours. He doesn't have a way home. So he decides he's going to scale the fence and he has a stress-related seizure. And they, t- they tell him, you can't drive. And he has no way to get to work, no way to get home. And finally, what he has to do is he has to contact his brother who is a quote-unquote free spirit, played by Thomas Hayden Church, smokes pot, does all that stuff. And his brother doesn't work, so he goes, yeah, I can drive you around. And it's about him having to come to terms with the fact that he has all these people that want to care about him, but he's incapable of doing it. And one of my favorite um, kind of... uh, lines of dialogue is he's concerned at one point that he has gotten someone pregnant Uh and here's the exchange why would you want to have a baby with me because you don't know how to properly put on a condom message received like nobody likes he is absolutely terrible and his and he has raised his children to be equally terrible they don't he has a son that's estranged won't even talk to him and even his high school daughter has developed his same personality because she has one of my favorite speeches, and I'll do an excerpt from it, where she's explained to other people why it doesn't matter that she doesn't care about other people. Teresa Sternbridge practically runs a soup kitchen, and she's always seen posing in photos with crack babies and dying old crusty ladies. And do you know why? She scored in the 45th percentile on her SAT. People like you and me don't have to compensate. She is elite. Her father is elite, and they do not believe they have to care about anyone else. And I think that makes him a terrible father because not only has he alienated his other family and everyone else in his life, but he has reproduced somebody that is going to continue that cycle no matter what happens. And that is not only a terrible father, but a scary human being. So if you've never seen Smart People, check it out. I think it's on Hulu now. Hmm. I need to pick it up on DVD, though, because eventually it'll disappear. And it Because it wasn't a huge hit, but it is uh, It's a movie that I find really entertaining. Plus, by the way, to uh, show how little uh, aware, unaware, there's a great line where his brother is talking about, you know, his brother never went to college. And uh, the daughter says, I actually got accepted to Stanford two weeks ago. And the brother says, really? Uh, Is it Carnegie Mellon free for you? Because of, of course, her father's role as faculty. Whereas Stanford is like, what, $600, $700? It's 40 grand. Well, your father's going to kill you. There you go. But yes, yes. It's a great example of a terrible father creating terrible people. Chad. Or is it me? So I'm, um, no, it's me. I'm going into the world of, television um and uh you know we all agree that homer simpson is not a bad father well i agree but you know who is a bad father one who would sit there and say oh crap i lost the line (laughs) ah that classic quote of oh crap i lost the line (laughs) have you been shooting dope into your scrotum you can tell me i'm hip Dr. Venture from the Venture Brothers. Oh, okay. <laughs> Who would also go uh, tell his son, Hank, don't brag to your brother about his circumcision. 
Well, and 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 Chad, I don't I don't mean to spoil this for anybody, but doesn't he? And I, maybe I'm misremembering. Doesn't he clone his sons because he's killed oh, them so many times? I was getting into that, James. Yes. I'm sorry. Spoiler. You I bastard. Need re- I need to watch the Venture Brothers. It it, it it honestly, I love this this show. It's one of my favorite shows. Uh, it may be one. It's really up there and one of my favorite shows of all time. I, I just I love the animation. I love the story. Um. But Dr. Venture is just a terrible, terrible person, especially to his two sons who, like James said, he's not a good father. He's constantly getting them killed. And then he just reclones them. And then he doesn't let them go to school. He keeps them in. He has them sit in beds where they learn, um, uh, you know, they're, they, they learn at night <laughs> in their beds because he won't he won't take them. Uh, like I think one of his lines is, uh, uh, "Your mission is to have the best damn homeschool prom five hundred dollars can buy." <laughs> uh, uh, huh. Sorry, I'm never. I've only uh, ever says, seen a couple of episodes. And he says, "Hank, I'm and his his son Hank says, I'm not going to college." And Doctor Venture says, "Darn tootin', you're not. Now get back into that bed until you graduate." <laughs> I mean, he's just, he's awful. And he just, he, he truly, I don't think he's on more than one occasion, basically admitted that he doesn't love his kids. <laughs> so he, they're just there. So, and, you know, go, go ahead. ahead. No, is adventure brothers is a take off on oh, what the Johnny heck? quest, Johnny quest, Johnny right? Quest. It's just, a, they're making fun of Johnny quest. right? And there, there's a whole sub sub where there are characters similar to Johnny quest and what happened to them when they grew up. Yeah. It didn't turn out well. I need to watch it. I guess <laughs> you back. do. I'm now it, going back and getting the squid bullies ones. I missed actually. And I love the, there's, there's the entire episode where they do Scooby-Doo. <laughs> I I I didn't love the show like the first couple of episodes. I was like, "That's all right." And then the more I started to watch it, the more I'm like, "This is a great takedown of every Hanna Barbera show I watched as a kid." Like every because the Scooby Doo episode <laughs> where the Shaggy type characters can't you all hear him too? Can't you? Because the dog talks to him, and it's basically a, a it's, they took Scooby Doo and smacked it together with um, the Son of Sam Killer, right? Where it's like yeah. the dog told me to kill people. <laughs> And it's such a great episode. And this is this is going to take me a minute, but this is one of those pure quotes where he's talking to, where he's trying to give his son a lesson. Um, and it goes terribly, terribly wrong. He goes, Dean, I remember when the action man would wake me up with a gun pointed at my head. He'd just hold it there and pull the trigger. I'd hear the click really loud because it was right against my forehead. And his son goes, so it echoes? And Dr. Dr. Venture says, right. It sounded like he snapped one of my teeth out. Click. And then he'd go, not today, Rusty. Not today. And Dean goes, golly, and you took it because you had to? Dr. Venture says, no, Dean. I took it because I was Rusty Venture, boy adventure. I didn't ask for this life, Dean, but it's mine. Sure, I fall down in this speed suit, but I get up and wet nap my puke off. (laughs) I need to go and listen to them do it. Yes, so much better than me. But yeah. You're not a great fifth being <laughs> i didn't have a lot of time to prepare so yeah uh, dr venture all right my last one is another one from one of my favorite divorce films because it, i think it's actually one 
it may be Jeff Daniels' best performer up there. I know he always gets it for the newsroom and that great speech, but he is the biggest piece of shit as Bernard Berkman, the dad in The Squid and the Whale. You guys ever, do you guys remember the movie that well? He, I have never seen it. It is so good. It's a Noah Baumbach film. Yeah. And it, it's the only Noah Baumbach film I haven't seen. And I really, it, and it's see. loosely based on his parents' actual divorce. And the character is really kind of based on his dad. In fact, Jeff Daniels hung out with his dad. So certain phrases that he says throughout the movie, like, oh, the apartment is, is located in the filet of the neighborhood and things like that actually comes from Noah Baumbach's dad. So his mom is an upcoming writer. She basically is getting a divorce from him and she's banging her tennis instructor. And he's not overly successful, thinks he's really smart, says things. He's condescending. He's cheap. He doesn't want to spend money on his kids. He, his son, has a fever. He goes to the drugstore. He doesn't give him enough money. He has to make three trips to get enough money to buy Tylenol. When his son takes him, when he takes him and his son out and his little friend who's a girl, got a girlfriend out to eat, she gives him money for her food and he takes it. He is awful. He is condescending. I'm sorry. I'm trying to find where I pulled up the... He When they're doing family tennis matches, he encourages his son to hit the ball towards his mother's weak arm. He treats them like shit. He's egotistical. He's a narcissist. He doesn't. And it's funny until you start thinking about, and I guess it makes it even more funnier, that this is really based on his own dad that Jeff Daniels spent time with. So if you've never seen The Squid and the Whale and you're looking for, oh my God, what a shitty dad. Now, there are other dads out there we could have picked or I could have picked that came to my mind first or second. But the back to what James was talking about earlier about the verbal, the psychological trauma rather than the beatings, right? Yeah. Awful. By the way, back to Venture Brothers, what I forgot to mention uh, you know who he hires to protect his sons uh, uh, once Brock, uh, the, the their main protector, leaves? The guy that raised him, right? No, Dr. Hatred, a former pedophile. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I'm sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. You said former. <laughs> he's got you Recidivism. There, you did say former. Recidivism. But there's it clearly a, scenes where he's longing to be. <laughs> it ain't a pretty word, huh? <laughs> James, who's your last pick? I, you know, I'm going to go with, oddly enough, I, this this is a callback to another show that we did, but I, I'm going to say I think the worst father that is an archetype now for a lot of other fathers comes from literature. And he's not a traditional father in a lot of ways, but you can't talk about bad dads without talking about Victor Frankenstein. <laughs> I mean, Victor Frankenstein, the, the creature... Yeah, he wasn't a monster. Son. He's a creature. That's right. Is his Prometheus? Yeah, he is. It's the the subtitle was a modern, uh, the modern Prometheus. Yeah, modern Prometheus. Victor Frankenstein. Those turned out. Those are xenomorphs. That's uh, not. Uh, thank you. <laughs> um, he and and it, it's tied into his vanity. It's tied into he wanted to create life to prove that he could do what Prometheus did. Steal the fire of life and impute it. And 
if you read the text, it. if you read the text, the book, he picks, what does he do? He picks the most beautiful parts he can find. He mm-hmm. wants to build a creature of beauty. And matter of fact, even when it's still dead, it they the book alludes to how beautiful it is. But what happens when it gets animated? It be, He starts to realize it's gross. He's fine when it's dead, when it's still dead, but once he imbues it with life, right. he realizes what he has done wrong. Or he realizes it's not going to be what he envisioned. right? And so all of a sudden, the, the tone it starts changing. you know, it, Because what was once beautiful is... Uh, he starts to refer to how it's now hideous, how the eyes are dull and watery yellow, and the skin is yellowed, and it was more beautiful when it was still dead. In other words, the concept of having a child, of creating this life, is great. He looks forward to that. But then when he's actually done it, he panics, and he, he goes to meet his childhood friend, Henry, and he basically just says, we're, we're going to go kill kill my creature and the creature's right. gone and you know the creature escapes and the creature observes a loving family right it sits outside a cabin it learns to speak english by watching this family and really that's what sets the creature off here's a parent and children that love one another that take care of one another that you know i've learned from but my own father spurned me. My own creator has spurned me. And I think there's a lot of that Victor Frankenstein, a lot of other terrible dads in fiction, and be it in video games, be it because there's a lot of Frankenstein in Metal Gear games and a lot of in a lot of fantasy games and all that. The you could even argue in Star Wars a little bit, right? It's a great idea and then right. it becomes a monster. Um and I think that that's a really compelling father story of a bad father in that oh you thought it was going to be all good times right you're going to, you, you're going to prove what you could do everything was going to go fine but then when you're challenged oh god no i'm not doing this mm-hmm. i'll go out for a pack of smokes good luck with that creature uh and and so i think i think that's really and it actually very similar in some ways chad to the penguin story right i mean mm-hmm. he is raised by friendly people who don't even know he's there which is actually one of the only stories I had reading the book when I was uh, younger. Wait a second, he's an eight-foot-tall creature and he's just hiding behind a woodpile? That seems a little odd. I think he'd be caught, but okay. Um, but I think that's that's a really compelling, terrible father in that, you know, ultimately he decides that the creature does get mad and say, why have you forsaken me? You know, well, well I, I was yours. Yeah, and then yeah, he, does, he tries he, to... He tries to move on with his life and ignore this child that he created. Yeah, he he's going to get married. Him. He's going to. I'm. I'm not even going to acknowledge that I did this. He's the ultimate. Again, I went out for a pack of smokes, Dad, and I never came back for thirty years. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And the difference is, is that you know the creature is like fuck this, and then goes after him, and ends up just yeah. And and ultimately, spoiler, if you haven't read the book, I know it's only been out a few hundred years, but spoiler, you know, ultimately he dies. Victor Frankenstein dies and the creature grabs him and runs off in the cold with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's that's how it ends. 
to hump the corpse. No. Uh, maybe. We don't know, but I don't think that's what was going on. I think he's still mourning. I mean, I think he's mourning what could have been. Like, I don't think he views it as a victim. He wanted his father to pay, but I think he... There's two ways you can read the ending. In my view, I could be wrong. There's probably some literature scholars that go, nope, you missed it entirely. But there's two ways you can read that ending. Mm -hmm. He's either upset that he didn't get to be the one to deliver the final blow that was basically exhaustion and life that took him. Or... Or that he realized killing his father wasn't going to fix his problems. Or, or tormenting his father didn't fix his problem. He still needed love. He still needed, and he realized he's never going to get it. So he grabs his body and goes. Right. All right. So that's it. We got what, some, I, what, got, I, I got, do got a few honorable mentions. No, you don't. You don't have anything. We're ending it right now. I'm no, I've got, I've got a few. I mean, yeah. I'll one honorable these. mention. Now, I got three, and I'll burn through them really quick. I'm just messing with you. Go so, and, and one of them is actually multiple fathers, because every single person who rate who created Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito and twins is terrible fathers. I just finished the Schwarzenegger documentary on on you on uh, Netflix, Netflix, and I yeah. burned through it. Man, it was so good. Uh, when I get Netflix, is one of my when I renew Netflix, it's going to be one of my top watches. So, yeah, but you I'm, know, he says that's the character that's most like him in real think, life. Really, you think he he says? Well, I mean, he's not the Terminator. He's not that as gullible. far as the open. Would you say? I don't think he's that gullible. Well, I don't think. But no, but his point was as far as open, uh, completely looking for new experiences something new open to all the law he and i kind of i understood the way he explained yeah. it i kind of yeah but he says that's the character out of all of his characters that's closest to him yeah and every single person who he was who conan had, the barbarian and the terminator it's kind of hard to say well you know conan that's the one that's when yeah. i wake up in the morning yeah lamentations of your wife yeah Anyway. But no, I mean, every single father in that film, everyone who contributed to, to their uh, bringing is awful. Even Tony Jay, who goes and raises Arnold Schwarzenegger to be who he is in the movie, is also awful because he knew Danny DeVito existed and left him to basically rot in an orphanage in L.A. Why him and why he took Arnold Schwarzenegger to live on some amazing island and train him. Well, so that every, means, huh? Chad dared us to say God was an awful father. Do you think God had something to do with this, Chad? No, I don't. G. Davy, do you? Th- By the way, actually, do you have more honorable mention? Just real quick, just uh, God. I also say um, that uh, Master Splinter is a terrible father. Oh, come at, you know, come I at can me, see comic it. book. Yeah, I, I mean, mean yeah. literally, <laughs> hey teenagers, here's some weapons. Go fight crime. See how that goes. Yeah, basically. He, yeah, basically. Yeah, and he doesn't care. I mean, and look at their personalities. They're all di- they're they all are flawed personalities he did a terrible job raising these children now granted they're great warriors they get along their family but man he did a bad job he's just sending them out to get possibly get killed every day plus and then, they're i mean they're teenagers now but they're going to have long-term health effects they eat yeah. nothing but pizza exactly that's not sustainable no well, their bowels are going right. to be all gummed up in their 30s and 40s yeah. you've done all right my bowels <laughs> Oh, they're, they're going to they're going to get acid reflux like a some bit. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then finally, this one is a bit probably controversial to comic book nerds, but I'm sorry, Professor Xavier is a terrible father. 
Uh, I don't know if that's controversial, dude. Doesn't he more or less throw his kid in an asylum and go, yeah, he seems crazy. Yeah, and then all the ones that he adopts, he turns into into to weapons of mass destruction and then let, sends them out to get killed on a daily basis. Well, and then on top of that, he, he himself will never ask for support, right? I mean, yeah. the entire thing where he mind uh, so comic book nerd moment, but when Magneto ripped all the adamantium out of Wolverine, Professor X came as close as he ever did publicly to flipping out and mind wiped Magneto. But it, that unlocked basically a hidden personality that he had suppressed. And then that became the big bad, right? For yeah. two years in the comics. And it's all because Professor X has messed up himself but won't seek help for it. Yeah, and that is somebody who is raising children. Yeah. Like he needed counseling himself, but he has to do the no, I'm one of the greatest minds. It's best I not deal with this. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you can mind wipe somebody. You need to have control. You need to get help when you need it. You're, he's, no you're, jo- he's no Jonathan Kent, who, by the way, is a great an example of a great father. Professor Xavier is not. No, I will agree with that. I, I, and I, as a Marvel nerd, over, I like DC as well, but I grew up on yeah, Marvel. I, I'm both, but, yeah. But Marvel. I, I think that's the same. Like Paul Kent, Jonathan Kent is is too good of a human being to begin with, right? I mean, he he's one of the rare characters you see that may be a little bit too good to be true. Paul Maul Kent, you have a hard time touching. Yeah, they're good people. They didn't have a hard time touching though. No, well they Mark. you know, but yeah. Anyway, um, are you done, Chad? I I, I, I am done. He's not. I done. know you said tried to dare us to say god actually that I'll never you, happened there's no proof of it i'll do you what you want me to screenshot <laughs> nope nope i'll do i'll do you one better actually i won't go i will not do christianity but gods in general zeus odin they all read suck. the mythology they're terrible dads terrible dads i mean imagine yeah. this you've got a kid at home and you're like yeah i'm gonna go take uh the form of a bull and have sex with a woman <laughs> <laughs> and you leave your kid at home or or oh Hold on. This, can i imagine a little bit longer after the show you, you can and, and write a book about it it'll probably get published um Sam, but then you, 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 get, you get cases of like hercules oh son i could help you if you're doing the mythology and not just a disney movie but even in the disney movie i could help you but i don't want to right i mean i'm i'm the king of the gods i'm the the head of the gods, so to speak, but I'm not going to step in. That would, oh, it'd just be awkward for me. I mean, not for you. You're, you got these trials going on. I'll just let you go. Right. I mean, there's, right. there's a thing such as letting your kids do it, but Odin, Zeus, all of those in mythology, they tend to be terrible father figures. And another comic book example for you, Chad, actually, at least in the movie adaptation of the comic book, uh, played really well in the movie. You know who's a terrible dad? Ego, the living planet in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yeah. What a terrible... Not only am I going to leave you on this planet to be raised by your mother, but when I decide it's time to come back for you, I'm going to give her cancer. cancer. So she'll die and you'll have no choice but to come with me. No, I'm not. I don't know anything about the comic lore of Ego, but that's one of those things where James Gunwick. I don't think Ego actually has kids no, in the comic. No, he's he's a living planet. Yeah, he's just a planet. Yeah, okay. but there's a bunch of terrible dads in, and actually, I would argue, Chad, more controversially, maybe, um, Peter Parker's parents were not great parents. 
we're secretly spies and are going to go out and get killed. Yeah. Now, is that actually what the story is in the comic? Yeah. Yeah. They were they worked for S.H.I.E.L.D. And they were on a mission and they get killed. That's the prime universe, the original universe, so to speak. That's yeah. what happened to his parents. And he didn't find out till years later. Okay. Um, and th- that's why one of the things I did like about the Andrew Garfield, they started to set that up, that his parents were not. Yeah. You know, I, wa- I bought the second one for Q finally, because it's the second one doesn't stream on anything. I don't know if you guys know this or not. Oh, I noticed. But it's yeah. never on anything. So I had to go out and buy. And of course, it was really I don't cheap know if, for a Blu-ray just and to, DVD copy. I swear, I think they're just trying to bury it because they just know how awful it is. Well, I was re-watching it and I didn't think it was awful. I don't think it's engaging, but I don't know that it's awful. Hmm. Basically, it's a promo for the Sinister Six. Yeah. Yeah. But along with other another comic book dad that has been seen in the movies, but if you read the comics, he's even worse, is Norman Osborn. Yeah. Norman Osborn in the comics, he sets Harry up, actually in the video games and all of it. He is setting Harry up to replace him in all ways, including as a goblin, which eventually happens. But then he passes it on to his grandson in the comics. Little Norman is is just as bad. And the, the one I want to throw out uh, as a closing comment, Joe, do you have an honorable mention? Because I got one I want to throw out, and it may yeah, be your I honorable mention. Okay, go ahead and go, just so if it's your honorable mention. Jack Torrance. We cannot do this oh, show yeah. without yeah. mentioning Jack Torrance. Yeah. I, the movie, and when I say Jack Torrance, I'm not really talking about the miniseries with Stephen Weber, and I'm not really talking about the book. I'm talking about Jack Nicholson's Jack Torrance because there's very little, re, there's not a lot of redeeming qualities about Jack Nicholson's Jack Torrance. If you read the book, Jack Torrance is a much more complicated character because Stephen King is fantastic at writing characters. But in the movie with Jack Nicholson, the Kubrick version, he's just an awful dad. And he's not a great dad in the other two either. I'm not trying to defend him. I'm just saying he's a complicated guy with a lot of alcoholism and drinking and abuse issues that he and Wendy suffered. They were both abused. That's things that don't really come out in any way, shape, or form in the movies. James. So I've got one for you all, and I want to know where you all stood on it. Is Walter White a terrible dad? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tend to he think even so admits too. it. Even admits it in the, the, the second to last episode. He doesn't. No, no, that's what I mean. I, yeah. I he eventually, I think, I think it depends on how much of the show you've watched, right? If you watch the first season, no. If you follow it through to the end, yes. Yeah, he, yeah. Like he, I actually think because you you always say Walter was never that great to begin with. No, no. He's I my, I I could make an argument that he's not. I think I am backing up pretty well. But yeah, yeah. But I I do think there is a transition for it, and I and I think what it is is it already shows the flaws that you are already talking about, James, and that whole line where she's like, "Just stop, just stop it," and he goes, "No, I was good at it." Yeah, yeah. And people I mean, tend to is... want to do things they're good at. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, but yeah, you didn't I care I about think, the money, especially yeah. by the later seasons. Don't you think, Chad? It's not about the money. No, Mm-mm. more than enough money to take care well, of the family. Way it's about it's that. about the fact that he was good at it. He's good. Well, at it. And he there's even it. that line where Jesse tells him, Jesse, who would profiteer off of you can quit, right? He has that entire thing. We've got the money. We can. You've got what you needed, right? Because yeah, he, he has that true. amount that he's figured out that his family will need 
Oh, then that's over way before. I mean, he, no, they, that's what I mean. The storage building with all the different, yeah, just pallets of cash. But I, th- I think it's really telling that Jesse's the one that actually has a line where he says, "You should quit. You have what you said you needed. This is enough." Yep. And so, so I, I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know, if you just watch the first couple episodes, you could be, for lack of a better term, tricked into believing Walter White's doing what he's doing for his family. But he, uh, he's not, right? He's not, and definitely by the end, he's not. But yeah, I didn't like. I was saying about it. I was like, he. Ne- you also never see him spend a lot of time. Like he does things with for his family. He gives them everything but time. Yeah, I think to me, the and I love Better Call Saul. It's it's different, but the same, it's and it's just just brilliant television, brilliant writing. But with Better Call Saul. I'd actually make an argument that Saul's actually maybe a better person than Walter White. Yeah, yeah. Saul, well, did, Saul, did Saul ever poison a kid? No, but Walter doesn't do that necessarily on purpose. But he does let that Walter. He does let the girlfriend die. I thought he did poison him on purpose. He had the well, flowers he poisons him on, but he doesn't poison him to kill him. Yeah, but yeah. he still listen. <laughs> it's not like you haven't put a little arsenic in the oatmeal. No, hey, I am sorry. Do you know I'm how much arsenic Ed has? Sixteen copies sorry, of Flowers so- in the Attic all across his house. <laughs> Go ahead, Chad. I'm sorry I didn't put enough in your kids' oatmeal, but you didn't pay me enough. <laughs> Once again, you left sixteen copies of "This Is How I Did It" by Victor <laughs> Frankenstein. <laughs> all right, gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you all so much. This is Great Bonehead <laughs> Weekly. Happy Father's Day. To Especially to good father. Uh, fornicators. Oh, my goodness. Fornicate with someone's mother. That's I, how babies are made. I did. I think all three of us have fornicated with someone's mother. It's all the I same mean, mom. I don't know if that's accurate. <laughs> I don't know if you know how any of this works. I don't know if I know how to fornicate. This has been Bonehead.